0: Amnesty Secret Comedy Podcast. With your
1: host, Joe Caulfield.
2: Hello and welcome to Amnesty International Secret Comedy Podcast live from the underbelly in Edinburgh. We may have people who, who is fresh to the festival, who's freshly arrived. Two people, five of you. Oh, comedians will be going fabulous. There's five more people arrived. So who is local? Oh, some locals, because you've got day off. I am also a local. Thank you for being so pleased that I've come to live in your city. Yeah, no, I I moved up here two years ago. I absolutely, it's fantastic. Edinburgh as a place to live, I love it. Like, because I I sort of chose Edinburgh because I wanted to live in Scotland, but still be surrounded by English people. It's worked very well for me that way, and uh, it is weird. If you're visiting Edinburgh, there's weird things that you notice. Firstly, you notice it is August, but the weather is rather peculiar. I do like to see the tourists wearing their summer clothes, and because uh, it isn't it it's like the other day. It's like it's sort of wet, it's sort of hot, and then steamy, and then cold, and then wet, and then sunny, and then it's like the whole city is having a menopause. <laughs> it's just weird, right? And I think there's odd things like from living here. I know this is sort of a, a cliche, right? But I do find that uh, Scottish people, you do swear more than is normal, do you know that? Like, swearing here is different, it's like punctuation, it doesn't mean the same thing. And I had an example of this where I thought, no, this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? uh, It's on Princess Street, it was behind Princess Street, I went into a baker's, I won't name it, it rhymes with legs, right? (laughs) And I went in there, right, it's about half past two in the afternoon, and uh, so I need a bit of a sugar rush, so I'm ordering a donut. Then a Scottish man comes in, and he just sort of shouts from the doorway, and he just goes, oh, have you got any sausage rolls left? The man at the counter says to him, looks at his watch, and then says to him, oh, no, get the fuck, we've just had the lunch rush. The Scottish man thought nothing of it, right? He just went, oh, nay bother, and left, right? I'm standing at the counter going, oh no, get to fuck, we've just had the lunch rush. (laughs) Surely in this establishment, there is some sort of manual on how to deal with customers. (laughs) Maybe offer an alternative before swearing at them. I was thinking, do they even do that if you go to a posh shop in Edinburgh, like the, the lovely John Lewis they have there, if they go in John Lewis and you're like, oh, I'm interested in this Nespresso coffee machine. And they'll be like, well, we have none of those in stock, but go online with fucking loads of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, so ladies and gentlemen, um, we'll get going. Uh, thank you very much and I hope you enjoy it. Today we've got Stephen K. Amos revealing Showbiz Secrets, Terry Alderson's multiple personalities, and we've got songs and sketches. It's uh, it's almost like there's some sort of fringe festival going on. Uh, But first, some stand-up from uh, really one of my personal favorites. I I I like him, and I I feel for him a slightly worrying way. I feel he's going to turn around and go, you're not my mother, leave me alone. Uh, Please welcome the wonderful Lloyd Langford.
1: Hello. Uh, it's, uh, it's lovely to be here uh, in uh, Edinburgh. I was, uh, I was walking down uh, Prince's Street the other day and I saw a sticker on a lamppost. It said, please support Scottish autism. I was thinking, I know autism is like a really complicated thing but I didn't realise they had like regional variations on it. <laughs> What's Dave doing? Uh, He's reciting all of the Proclaimers' (laughs) B-sides in alphabetical order. Sounds like that Scottish autism. Literally Rain Man. (laughs) I'm Welsh, I can joke about your shit weather. You get an idea of a place before you visit there, you know, and often the idea turns out to be wrong. The first time I ever went to Paris, it was like a romantic weekend, right, with my uh, then-girlfriend. We went away and we were staying near the opera house in Paris, quite a posh area of Paris, and and one day we left the hotel and we were walking down the street. Again, we walked past a guy in the doorway, and uh, my girlfriend, she turned to me, she said, uh, that bloke we just walked past. I was like, yeah. She went he was wanking himself off. I was like, no he wasn't. This is Paris. It's a city of romance. It's a city of light, you know. He wouldn't have been wanking himself off. I reckon he was just enthusiastically polishing up an apple, you know. Uh, And she was like, no, he definitely is. Um, So I turned round, right, uh, and he was, um, to give him like an angry stare, as if to say, I've never been to Paris before and I've heard a lot of great things about it and to be honest, I expected a far higher standard of behaviour from the residents of Paris. So uh, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, Stop wanking yourself off, right? I was hoping my angry stare would embarrass him into stopping. But uh, I think if anything, he was glad of the audience. (laughs) He approached the task with renewed vigour. it's quite a tricky position to be in now. I'm engaged in, in a Mexican standoff with a, uh, with a wanking French tramp. Uh, and uh, how do you play that, you know? No, no prior social engagement has ever prepared me for this moment, you know? I figure if, if I break eye contact first, he's won. But also, if I keep watching, he's also won, has he? <laughs> it's a sort of lose-lose scenario for me, you know? I, I don't need to see how it ends. Uh, I think I should probably stop there, Joel. (laughs) thank thank you. Come
2: and have a chat, Lloyd. There's a thing here which really interests me because I've noticed it a lot in in male comics and you've said, never trust a comedian who looks like they've spent more time on their hair than they have on their jokes. I immediately thought of about 10 comedians (laughs) that I know. Why, why do you object to that?
1: I just... I think there's... You, you wander around the fringe, especially, and there's so many promotional posters for comedians trying to look as cool as they possibly can, and I just think, that's not your job. <laughs> You're a fucking clown. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of comics that take themselves a bit too seriously, that's all, and I thought, and I noticed, I've I've been in dressing rooms where I've been backstage frantically going through my notebook and figuring out what jokes I'm going to tell and seeing someone else frantically doing their hair.
2: Yeah. And how are you dressed in your show? Because I think that says quite a lot.
1: I'm dressed uh, as a giant banana (laughs) for the whole hour, and I I, I never mention it. I just walk on and then start the show. It's kind of interesting. I, you do get heckled a bit.
2: Do people, is it a point where people have to go, we have to mention the banana? I had a guy
1: heckle me 55 minutes into an hour show. Please tell me why you're wearing that costume. So he'd essentially been sat there for almost an hour focused on this one aspect. <laughs>
2: Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, a huge round of applause for Lloyd Langford. Now, the next uh, comedian we've got on, uh, comedian and actor. Um, people, you know, you might wonder, oh, our comedians a bit strange in the head. Uh, what is great <laughs> about our next actor, uh, comedian Terry Oxen, is that he is strange, but he—it's all out there. And in his show, you see, you really see, like, the workings of a comedy mind. Uh, Please welcome Terry Alderton. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still hyperventilate almost before you go on stage? Um.
3: (sighs) (laughs) Well, no, because I've stopped taking coke, but... um,
2: (laughs) uh, uh, uh. And do you think... It's about
3: conditioning, isn't it?
2: Yeah, because I mean, obviously, because there's amnesty, so there's amnesty there. So there's things that you know people might think. Do you think there's things you shouldn't joke about, or do you think if your intention is
3: good? No, I think you can do what you want. I I think that the problem is, I found when I started doing comedy, there's so many rules coming from other comedians, and I it was one day I just suddenly went, well, why are these rules here? I do what I want. Surely, isn't that what it's about? You know and uh so that that's that's kind of what i did I, I, you, I, there are no rules if if i want to hang myself and and the, and the mass want to go well this is not right then that's what they need to do but you know i've got my my own feelings and, and my own opinion on something and uh You know, and generally I don't read papers or, I don't read the newspapers and I don't watch the news or listen to any news, so I don't, I get everything third and fifth hand, if you like, so (laughs) I I don't really know what's going on in the world, you know, and people, it's only recently because I saw uh, some stickers in a shop just yesterday, funny enough, I know what One Direction is now. Yeah, I honestly how really what a know. wonderful
2: way to live. So, so, your idea of the world is completely different to most people who follow what's actually happening. I don't follow it because
3: it's all bullshit. So I don't follow it. It's all. It's all uh, because you know I, I see things that I know are true, and then I see it reported in a way even by other people, and I just go that's not that's not what happened. That's not what happened. It truly isn't what happened. But I don't want to get into any conspiracy because I think that's a crock of crap as well. But um, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I think conspiracy is making just people feel better about themselves. No, we we bombed the towers. We bombed them. So, you know, then there isn't anyone trying to kill yeah. us Yeah. Well, all. I mean, a, it doesn't really matter, does it? It's just that I it don't... It always seems
2: very arrogant, the conspiracy theories ring thing is going, on. no, us us three weird men in the pub, we're right. You know, we've yeah, the But they
3: might be right. Yeah. That's the thing. Someone's, yeah, exactly. someone's going right. to be right. They could be right, so. yeah.
2: Um, You're going to stay with us, uh, Terry, and we're going to have a sketch now uh, from a group, The Ginge, The Geordie and The Geek, who have recently been commissioned uh, for their own series on BBC Two. Wow. 25 years. Still nothing. So so we all... (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking, so me and Terry, we hate them. Yeah. Um, Please welcome uh, The Ginge, The Geordie and The Geek.
3: Yeah.
4: You two jokers, partners in crime. Glad you could make it. Sarge. What's the matter? We're talking to each other anymore. <laughs> Suit yourselves. So then, flagrant disregard of duty, misconduct, brutality, stupidity, I mean, failure to follow police procedure. What the hell is going on? We're really sorry, Sarge. Dick. You don't sound it.
5: We are. Red just got carried away, that's all. Hey, don't blame me. You were driving. Well, that's not true. He wouldn't listen. He just lost it. I I was following procedure. I
4: saw the footage. You went mental. I was doing my job, Sarge. You lost control. You can't just barrel in. No these days. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. Now, what possible excuse could you have for your behaviour? I'm a horse, Sarge. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing half the time. You see, there's a
5: good guys, then there's a bad guys. And I'm all legs and hoofs. And then there's him, constantly winding me up, sitting up there on his the saddle like a tip what? And he never lets me watch the football. Every bloody Saturday I go down there, and there's the ball being kicked. I don't make the rules, Red. Shut up! Always digging your heels in. It's not my fault, Sarge, He just took off. He was like a different person. I'm a horse, you prick. I did well just to stay on, Sarge. Can't help what I am. Sometimes I just want to... I just want to stamp on people. Move! Move, Hey! Whoa. Hey! Steady, <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa.
6: Sippy>
5: boy.
4: Steady!
5: Steady!
4: Human duty to protect. You can't just gallop about and terrorise the public. I got spooked! Spooked! <laughs> you jumped a set of lights, you kicked a pensioner, and to top it all off, you crapped in the street.
5: Are you sacking me, Sarge? Don't put him out of the grass, Sarge. Please, Sarge. I I can't do anything else. It'll be the knack job for me. I'm begging you, Sarge, please. (laughs) Please, Sarge.
4: (laughs) I know. I know. And that's why, after a lot of work on my part, I've managed to persuade the powers that be to let you both off with a verbal warning. (gasps) So you mean we can still... No. Can't be seen to do nothing. I'm gonna to have to split the two of you up. Reg, you're off to a different section. Well, firearms, you're gonna get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> we have you
5: surrounded.
2: Put your
5: hands in the air, and right. nobody needs to get. All right. Hold your fire! Who the hell was that? You've just ruined a six-month operation. We needed him alive. Sorry, sad. I I just panicked. Sorry? Sorry's not good enough. What kind of a man are you? What? I'm a horse, you prick! That's the Gims, the Geordie and the
2: geek. We've got Vicky Stone coming up. Uh, But before that, uh, I'm very excited he's here. Oh, we've got drunk many times together. He is uh, from the television. He called his show with his own name, because he's very vain. Please welcome Stephen K. Amos. (laughs) (laughs) Hello,
0: Hello everybody. Stephen K.,
2: this is so lovely you're here. Uh, Thank you. You have um, accidentally, I suppose, uh, were asked to become a role model.
0: Yes, yeah, I From was. A show,
2: like just a show you did. I did. No? I
0: did a show up in Edinburgh about five years ago. It was called All of Me, all right? and the poster for the show was me naked across a sofa. I remember, I remember, remember the that. Poster. It's a lovely poster. Did, did you have see?
2: grapes? Was it grapes or something you had?
0: <laughs> no, they were, they were my testicles. Oh, were they? <laughs> 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 they, they, they really. Well, were.
2: you need to see a doctor because that was weird.
0: I was really weird, because in my mind, I thought it was going to be a, a metaphor. You know, I'm bearing all... However, people turned up to the show expecting me to have me be cock-out on stage. Now, obviously, I couldn't do that to the back row. I might <laughs> take your eyes out. So, and uh, at the end of the show, I said a line, and the line was this. And by the way, I'm attracted to men. That is all I said, right? And there were gasps in the audience. So I heard a woman's voice go, No! <laughs>
5: what?
0: And and as a result of doing that line, uh, I was asked on all these current affairs and news programs to be a spokesperson for gay rights and gay issues. I'm like, no, I'm not that person. Please don't don't put me up there. And they were going, of course, look at your life though. Look at what you represent. If anything, Steve, you're a role model. I was like, no, no, no. The word you're looking for is hero, because that's what I think I am. But. But I, I just couldn't be a role model because I think if you, if you put yourself up there as a role model or a spokesman, then I think, like, like comedy, whatever you say on stage, I think you can say anything you like but mm. you, be, you should be able to back it up. Mm. You know, you should be able to justify what you say and what you do because if you value freedom of speech, you also have to value freedom of expression, how people mm. respond to what you say. And that's why one of the things I talk about in my show now is uh, uh, the former Archbishop of uh, uh, St Andrews and Edinburgh. Keith O'Brien, remember him? Mm. For 27 years. And he was a very vocal opponent of uh, same-sex marriage, abortion, and and homosexuality. Very vocal about it. And then uh, somebody there was some allegations that he did something wrong, impropriety. He issued a statement saying, "Um, I will fight these. And thousands of Catholics were going, oh, how dare people uh, say horrible things about him? It's disgusting. And about two weeks later, he issued another statement saying, "Mm -hmm, I may have touched someone's cock. Sorry. Yeah. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't, you can't, that's just so hypocritical, and just like, and I can't bear that.
2: But right. also, this weird, like, um, in a way, actually, you have to say it is good because you did do a documentary, uh, Batty Man, yes. about uh, prejudice in black community about being gay. But it's like, say you're a role model because you're going well. Does you know being gay doesn't mean you are a good person?
7: Mm. Do you know what I mean
2: it doesn't? You know, there's going to be lots of stuff you've done that you go, I don't really want people to. <laughs>
7: To <laughs> you know, Actually, I don't want like to, like to tell know. <clears throat> I've
2: hung around with them a lot. People don't want to delve into your past. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. You
0: know, I have dabbled in drink, and you know, and, and maybe the odd drug, and uh, not in Australia. It's three fifty a gram. Sod that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's why I couldn't be. Yeah, obviously, because um, we do the job we do, and it, like, when we mm. started. It wasn't about getting on TV or being famous. It was just mm. about doing something we enjoyed and being outside the norm.
2: Yeah, that's a weird thing. I've had that people interview, like younger people go, oh, so uh, when did you see it as a career? And you go, nobody thought that yeah. at all. You just went, oh, you get 30 quid. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I
3: didn't <coughs> yeah. want to work. Yeah. I saw my dad working his ass off. I thought, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's testament to my dad. But...
0: I never saw my dad. He's not
3: dead, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the weird way, my, my dad, he should have been my role model because there's six kids in our family, right? And he worked three jobs, you know, because that's what you had to do. And he worked, we never saw him. Never saw him work so hard. And then one night we saw, we, we'll all wait up for him to come home. And he came home. I was like, Dad, you work so hard just to put food on the table. Why do we never see you? He just was like, I hate you all. Yeah.
2: You've ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. All six
0: of you. Yeah, every you are all day. bastards. Go yeah. home.
2: Yeah. Find
0: your real father.
2: Uh, have you been following uh, what Putin's up to uh, with the Olympics? Um, and, well, he said that he will see that gay people are safe. But they have laws now that you can't promote being gay or say anything good about being gay, and people are being attacked for being gay.
0: I mean, isn't that ridiculous? One, one of the biggest sporting events in the world, mm. right? The whole world is watching you as, as an advancing country, advancing nation. Mm. And then you, and if people, obviously, sports stars and uh, athletes will be gay or both. Well, or it's nes- Winter
2: Olympics, it's skating, come on. <laughs> I don't want to be stereotypical, but you
0: know. go. <laughs> Get me some eyes. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I thought it
0: was very, uh... <laughs> But I think it's just really outrageous. But then, you're not, not surprised, you know, not that I want to slam the whole of Russia, but, you know, this is the same uh, country that uh, put in prison the all-female group Pussy Riot, remember that? They staged a democratic concert, criticising the government. They got put in prison for two years. Two years!
3: I was really annoyed about that. Terry, yes. Did you hear about that? <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'll be honest with you, and I'm gonna this is, uh, take this for how it is, uh, and it's in the right way, I think. Um, <clears throat> the whole being gay thing, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if I fancied men, no, hold on, let me finish. No, oh, that's what I said. Hey, uh, being gay, if I fancied men, I'd have sex with men. That's it. I don't, why, why people get so on their, you know, oh, I mean, it, it, it's no big deal, is it? It's just sex. Well, I, I don't think it's a big deal at all. No, I'm not saying, I'm not, I, I'm with you on this. <laughs> you're not, But you're not with me, you don't get it. No, I do get it. I understand why men and women have sex together. What I'm saying is I don't get why people get on their high horse about it. Who gives a shit? Let's just all have sex with each other. I don't give a fuck. Who you want to shag? It makes no odds. I don't understand hey. my point. I don't know why everyone gets so caught up in it. It's like, oh, I think he might be gay. Who gives a shit? I
2: know. What's the big deal? Oh, come on. It's not like I racism.
0: Think... Who gives a shit?
3: No, no, no,
0: no, you're no, no. It. No, no. I
3: know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what I'm
2: trying so, no, to say. No, I know you
0: so
3: well. I was going to do something there, and they go, "Oh my God, that's really gone wrong." Oh, we should have done yeah. it anyway. No, I can't do it. Yes, you can. No,
0: I can't. Can, yes, you can. You want to try black top?
2: <laughs> <black laughs> <laughs> Now, this is very apt, as you're hugging and kissing each other, because... You see, uh, I'm
3: not even going I fancy him. Yeah, well, <laughs>
2: Who cares? He's a he lovely doesn't man. Matter, does it? Well, oh, he'd be, oh, well, he'd be fun to go out Don't with, that's what you think. Yeah. Now, just before we uh, sort of finish and let you go away, we do like to know a secret from you. Mm. Can you tell us a secret?
3: I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay,
0: uh, I used to wear a lot of suits when I was doing comedy, and then everyone started wearing suits, so I started looking, going for this kind of different look, uh, high-top trainers, and people are like going, oh, you're approaching mid-life crisis, you're loser. The reason I'm wearing comfortable high-top trainers is because I've got a bunion in it. <laughs> <laughs> people don't know that. Have you got bunions <laughs> <laughs> Flat feet, I've got flat feet. Wait, where are the have old... you
2: got bunions? Because I've got one on one foot. No. Which is very got difficult. Yeah? Have you got, got two? two?
3: Greedy. troll.
2: Anyway, on that scintillating topic, <laughs> yeah. oh, those, uh, may I say that... goodbye to Stephen K. Amos and Terry Alderton. Oh, thank,
3: thank you very much. You.
2: Uh, so it looks like uh, Vicky Stone has got her piano ready. She's going to play us out. But first, let us have a huge thank you to everybody who's seen Lloyd Langford. The Ginge, the Geordie and the Geek. Terry Olsen and Stephen K. Amos. Uh, Keep listening to the podcast. You can subscribe to them and tell your friends. Get involved with Amnesty International whenever and wherever you can. Tweet us on social media. And now,
7: take it away, Vicky Stone. This is a song uh, from my new show. Now, in previous shows, I've written a lot of songs about celebrity culture and that kind of thing. And for this show, I wanted to kind of prove that I was mature enough to take things in a new direction. Why does E equal M C squared and why does Higgs boson like hiding? What is the meaning of life? Please tell me we're more than a few cells Dividing and is poor Schrodinger's cat Alive and well Despite being dead The man that can answer all this Has the stars in his eyes And a brain in his head He's got big, beautiful lips, a beautiful voice, and a beautiful smile. He's got big, beautiful hands, and he carries a man bag with far too much style for a particle physicist, subatomic theorist. He was even a mid-90s pop star and pianist. On top of that, he's becoming a silver fox. Ladies and gentlemen,
6: Professor Brian
7: Carr. I know I'm supposed to be listening to the theory that the greater the mass, the greater the pull of gravity but despite the history of general relativity my black hole's warping whenever you're on TV so take me on a journey that's interplanetary we'll stargaze all night and then maybe you will see that The multiverse combined with the complex string theory dictates There's a dimension where, Brian, you will agree Smash your atoms into my dark matter Give my wormhole a right good batter, Bend me over your periodic table Make the centre of my star unstable Be my own Mr. Apollo Give me a Milky Way and I will swallow I bet you'd make my eyes grow wider If you showed me a large hard-on collider So let's have a big bang let's do it at the speed of light professor brian cox i bet that you could go all night so come on prof and split my atom make me have a ring like the one round saturn stop ignoring my love letter cause things can only get wetter Like Schrodinger's cat, the way to find out is to take me to bed No, I don't mean bestiality, I mean observing the reality Oh, forget about cats, it's confusing enough, all this quantum duality I'm no particle physicist, no atomic theorist But by singing this song, I now hope you know I exist And that I don't exist Hey Brian, I've been listening And that I would gobble you off In a billion, 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 billionth of a fucking second, my beautiful scientist. That's called the cock song.
6: You've just been listening to free comedy, courtesy of Amnesty International. Please make a donation to our work. Hello, my name is Angus Watson and I'm one of the training managers here at Amnesty International. My job is to train and inspire all our fundraisers so they can recruit new supporters and raise vital funds to support the movement. I also volunteer here as a trainer for our activists. This involves delivering workshops on everything from training on priority campaigns, such as the arms trade treaty and women's rights in Afghanistan, to how to lobby your MP in a face-to-face meeting, which can be quite tricky. I love Amnesty. I'm really proud to be able to work here and help protect courageous and inspiring individuals who often put themselves at great risk for the sort of things we take for granted. It's amazing to think that even today, writing a letter can result in someone's torture being stopped, or even give them their freedom. It can also be upsetting. I was very lucky to become pen friends with death row inmate Troy Davis. I really can't describe how devastated I was when it was announced that he'd been executed. But then there are the amazing times, such as when I got to meet my hero, the Burmese comedian Zaganar. He was sentenced to 59 years in prison for criticizing and making jokes about the regime. He said it's thanks to Amnesty he's now free and can keep being funny without fear of arrest. Meeting him as a free man was one of the proudest moments of my life. You can support us too. To find out more about my work and Amnesty, then just go to www.amnesty.org.uk and please donate £5 by texting FREEDOM and your full name to 70505. Thank you.
3: Your text will cost £5 plus one standard message costing up to 10p. Amnesty UK receives at least £4.75. Please ask the bill payer's permission. To unsubscribe from contact, text STOP to 70505 at any time. Full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk sms terms.